Hello everyone, welcome to episode 505 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollack. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave Spy Festival in Chicago, September 23rd and 24th at Metro. This year's show features Meat Beat Manifesto, The Black Queen, Clock DBA, Pig, Cubany, and more. For full lineup details, including the Thursday pre-show and post-show DJ sets at Smart Bar, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Saturday headliner Richard John Keir, also known as Richard23, who's assembled fellow ex-Revolting Cox members Luke Van Acker, Paul Barker, and Chris Connolly to perform Big Sexy Land in its entirety, celebrating its 30th anniversary. First up from that album, 38. Um, I can 
after the releasing of uh, our first 12-inch uh, Endless Riddance with 242 on wax tracks, we were uh, proposed to tour on the East Coast uh, in the States. And um, we were offered to open for ministry for six dates, which we did. And there was a good vibe between the two bands, and we were learning from each other. And it was like this start of wax tracks drawing. And uh, naturally, Al called me uh, a, f- a few months after that, uh, actually a few weeks, uh, and proposed me to just come over to Chicago to try to do something with uh, the big Fairline he could, um, he could uh, be able to buy with the money from his uh, major deal with, uh, I think it was Sire for Ministry. And um, with that money, he uh, decided to, to buy the, the big Fairline, which is back then was like the big machine to make uh, music with samples and sequencer. Uh, it would cost a fortune. Uh, we were not in 242 able to, to buy that kind of machine, but um, because he had, he had this deal, he could do it. And he said, before I do my album for Sire, I would like to do something for Wax Strikes. And um, so naturally, I, uh, I went to Chicago. He also asked me if I could call Luke Van Acker, who was a friend back then, because I think that uh, Jim and Danny from Wax Strikes and Al were into um, a band called Shriekback. I don't know if you remember that one. Yep. And at a point, Luke was playing with them some guitars, and I think they really, um, they really liked what he, what he was doing. So naturally, I called Luke and said, hey, let's go to the States and try to do something. So honestly, we had no idea what was going to happen. With Wax Tracks, everything was kind of possible. Those guys were really enthusiastic about, about what artists were doing, and if the, the artist was into the, the kind of music that, that um, uh, excited them, they would, they would go for it, and, and everything was possible. Back in 84, when we first came over to the States with 242, uh, in Europe, uh, what we used to call industrial music was more music like Cabaret Voltaire and Charming Crystal. Right. And, um, and we came to that. So we, we were more in, into the next step of that, that uh, electronic in, industrial scene in Europe with DAF, for example. And uh, so when we came to the States, I, I'm not sure, well, those, those bands were a bit known, but the scene in the States was more, I think, from New York with people like uh, uh, Suicide or Crash Girls in Science, you know. Um, and 85, 86, I, I would say that it was the growing scene of industrial music in America because back then we were not talking about Nine Inch Nails yet or Marine Manson. So um, everything was possible. Uh, it was. It was. There was a label. There were two crazy guys. They wanted to, um, artists to uh, to have fun and produce something strong, and and we just did it. I mean, we were not really thinking. So you guys are going to play Big Sexy Land in its entirety. Not a lot of bands can play an album that came out thirty years ago. So tell me how you feel that that still holds up today. Well, first of all, of course, I'm happy, especially when, when I know how we, we did that album and in the, in the mood we were, we were absolutely not expecting, uh, first of all, we didn't know that it would be a one-shot project of if the band would, would keep on going. We just basically tried to do our best with the Fairlight that we barely knew. We, we only had three days uh, with the engineer to teach us, and um, it was a great machine, but very complicated back then. Now, today, I, I see uh, through internet the excitement of people and the importance that album had for them. And I also hear a lot of other artists uh, taking this album as a reference, uh, which is very cool. But to, to be honest, it was like, we didn't know. We just did it. And, and today, it looks like it had a huge impact on that generation. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it's, I, I feel proud and, and, and humble at the same time because that was 30 years ago. And, and 
you know, but uh, I'm, I'm happy. I have the, it will be the first time for me, except for um, when we did the retro spectacle. Um, so it will definitely be the first time I will play uh, those songs, sing them, and uh, that I will work with uh, Luke Van Acker again. So uh, after 30 years, it's kind of a strange feeling.
what else should the fans be able to expect from you guys when you're headlining the show at Cold Waves? And you guys are doing a couple of other tour dates too, so I, I assume you're going to be playing more than just Big Sexy Land. Well, the thing is that the first idea was to celebrate the 30th anniversary uh, of, of Big Sexy Land. Uh, Jason from, from uh, Cockshire came, came with the idea. He's the promoter of the, the Cold Wave, and he just contacted me and said, hey, it's been 30 years. I'm like, wow, 30 years? So um, I'm looking for a headliner for my festival. I'm saying, you know, what are you talking about? So he came up with the idea. And actually, I think that we accepted the idea before starting to do anything. Uh, because we have to redo everything. Everything is gone. Um, lucky, lucky, we're lucky because Paul still got some, uh, because Paul Barker would be joining us and, and Chris Connolly. So um, we are trying to put everything back as it was back in 86. Um, we hope to get as close as we, we, we can, probably 90% of the original album. But as you said, one album is a bit short for a show. So that will be Big Sexy Land. Uh, we, of, of course, we're going to play You Often Forget. And then there will be a part of uh, songs from the second and third album of Revolting Cox on, uh, on which uh, Chris was more involved. P- uh, Chris and Paul were more involved. Right. So it's, it's going to be basically Big Sexy Land as the main thing. And then we're going to go crazy with the other songs. This is not your first Cold Waves. Uh, you came with Front 242 back a couple years ago, Cold Waves 3. Tell me about your experience coming back to Chicago for that show. Playing Chicago is always something special for us. Uh, that's where we started in the States. I mean, it's very uh, easy to understand. We were no one, and because of Wax Wax in Chicago, we, we became a known band in the States. Probably not the Rolling Stones, but we had a we, we did our, our way there, right. and so we started. Our first show was was uh, in Chicago, and the response of that first day uh, it's in September '84 um, was like amazing. So um, to come back uh, to to uh, the, the Cold Wave Festival, especially the festival got a great bill. It's only three days; it's not too big. Uh, it's a great venue. Uh, the Metro is, has always been like the place to play for all 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 those bands. When a city gives you a, a chance to uh, to do what you like and to do it right, and 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 when you have so much people in that city that love what you do, of course there's something special. But the city, um, I prefer. I love New York, but I prefer Chicago. It's a little bit more laid back. It's a big city. Everything is possible as as in New York, but it's a bit more laid back. Um, you got the four seasons. Uh, I love the very tough winter, and and you got a great summer. Um, the situation on the lake, I think it's 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 so it's so cool if a city, a skyline like you have next to a, a lake which looks like a sea, you can find great places in in, in Chicago. All kinds of food. Uh, there's all, always something going on there. I mean, concerts, expo- exhibits and stuff. I went a few years ago to see the um, David Bowie exhibit uh, downtown, and it was just amazing. So, And, of course, I have friends there, and, and friends, that's, that's the most important in life. And so all that together, the start of Wax Tracks, the city, the friends, and, and, and all that's going on there, there's a cool energy there. After you guys do this uh, little mini tour in the U.S. And, and you head back, what's next for you? More Front 242? Well, the thing is that we, we're not going to have any shows this year. We're just taking a break. We, um, we were a bit tired of what we did last year, and we needed to, uh, to, to do uh, different things. And, and that's why it's a good opportunity to me to come, to come and play those shows with the Revolting Cox. Well, actually, the Cox, 
Um, but um, we are working on things, and, and I cannot say much right now, but uh, we'll be back definitely uh, next year, hopefully in the States as well. And let me tell you, if those dates now with the Cox work well, you never know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll come back uh, next year for more shows. It's all depending on, on the, the response of the people, the reaction, and the way we feel about what we're going to do. I'm happy uh, to be back in the States. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, to be a bit away of 242 and to do this. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous, of course, because uh, I'm, I'm really wondering how the uh, response of the audience will be. But I'm sure it can be it can be something special. Um, yeah, we're gonna try to get uh, to stay as close as we can of the original sound, but we're gonna go crazy.
On this episode, you heard 38, We Shall Cleanse the World, and Attack Ships on Fire. For more of the Cox tour dates, head to cracknation.com slash thecoxbsl. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to our show through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Mark Hill from Cubanate. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Dan Neath from the Clay People remembering touring and recording with Jamie. Uh, you know, I started reminiscing about these stories about, you know, Jamie Duffy, like, hopping in the Clay People van uh, to come out and do sound. And we're like, you know, Jamie, we don't, we don't have any money. We, we can't pay you, you know. He's a valuable guy because, you know, if Jamie Duffy was doing your sound, it was solid, man. You didn't have to worry about anything. Not only that, he, he played, like, sound, you know, sound guy, lighting guy, and roadie all at the same time. He was back and forth. Like, he was like a whole team wrapped up into one. A complete workhorse who... You know, who could look at a pile of wires, which confuses the shit out of me, and it makes complete sense to him, you know? That's the other thing we, you know, we didn't really say about when we did that record, you know, when we, all these wires and cables and, you know, all this gear everywhere, he knew how the whole thing worked, you know? I, not me, you know? I, you know, he was a valuable asset to everything that we did for the Iron, you know, Fire and Lung, and I'm sure with Jason and, you know, Acumen and DJ Acurac.